Okay, I got one shoe tied. Where is my other shoe? I need the dress shoe. It's almost time to go to work. Got the tie on. Button up is button. Tucked into the slacks. Got the dress socks on. Red with some little wintery designs, even though it's July. But hey, I gotta wear them because they're socks and why not? Nobody even sees them. Where's my shoe at? I'll find that afterwards. But before we get to finding the shoe, let's do an intro to Edge of Your Seat Podcast, episode 92. This is what we're going to do today. I put on Facebook and Twitter that we were going to have a show Thursday, July 30th. And of course we are. We are. We're going to do the intro in the morning. I'm going to go to work. I might come home from my lunch hour, do some editing on the awesome conversation that we have with our special guest, Rondé Worlds. Going to be a senior at Princeton High School, committed to Air Force, reconsidered, and now is committed to play football with Northern Illinois University. Had a great chat with him. He shared some things about his life and his upbringing that I didn't know about, and it was really awesome. Great conversation, and he's a great kid. I've always thought he was a great kid, and I shared that with him during our conversation. I'm not going to talk anymore about that. I'll let you listen for yourself. But then after I get off work, I'll polish everything up and put it up hopefully by 6 or 7 o'clock. I know when I've been saying, hey, we're going to have a show Monday, we're going to have a show Tuesday, it has been pretty late. They've been getting out almost around midnight of the next day, and you probably don't get to listen to it until the morning. I apologize about that, but we all know busy lives, work a job, have a lot of things going on, family, friends, loved ones. You know, it's life. But I love these shows. I want to be more direct about when they are coming out. So this one will definitely be Thursday afternoon, probably late afternoon, if we're going by technical definitions here. Six or seven o'clock, somewhere around that range is the plan. Some things I want to talk about. IHSA deciding to push a lot of fall sports, including football, volleyball, got pushed to the spring. Fall will still have sports, according to the plan right now, in tennis, golf, swimming, and cross country. Since they are not really contact sports, and you can do them being away from each other and can probably properly social distance, they're going to allow those to go. Everything else is kind of on a pushed schedule. So now instead of having three sports schedules, the plan is to have four, which, okay. I mean, it stinks for the football players because they've been having football camps. They have been waiting for their senior years or their freshman years or sophomore junior years, waiting for their years to come. And then right before practices usually start mid August, we're going to push the season until next year, not next school year, but in 2021, not 2020. My main concern about this is, so say we get through the fall, the golfers get to golf, the swimmers get to swim, the cross country runners get to run, the tennis players get the rackets out. All is cool, sports are going well. And then bam, COVID-19, coronavirus cases go up. And then the IHSA and the rest of the world, or at least our country, closes stuff back down. And we have quarantines. Bars and restaurants are closed again. School is completely out of schools, and everybody is e-learning. Exactly what happened in March. 
and world is different again. Not that world is not different now, it's not normal by any means. But, what if we go back to where it was? The death numbers go up. The sick numbers go up. Everybody's getting hit. They decide to shut down again. So you're telling me these four sports, these athletes got to do what they wanted to do, but the winter, spring, and now summer, since they're pushing some sports in the summer, they don't get to play. Or winter and spring don't get to play, and then summer comes back around, and we're where we are now. Not completely open, mass, social distance, all those other things, and get to play again. Those other sports don't get to play. I'm not saying it should be an all or nothing deal. And they are making efforts and trying to have athletes play the sports that they want to play. That's awesome. If what I just demonstrated or led you to picture happens, there's going to be an uproar. There is going to be so many mad parents and athletes and coaches, and it is going to be a mess. I am just saying that right now, that we have to be thinking about this. Everybody complains about everything. There's no doubt about that. That would be huge. And IHSA will feel the wrath. I am just saying that right now. And so will every individual high school. Because parents don't go at the IHSA. They're the governing body that they don't see. Most of them don't know who the board of directors are or who is even in it. Who makes these decisions? But they know the high schools. They know the athletic director. They know the superintendent. They know the principal. They know the coaches, the head coach, the assistant coach, the linebacker coach, the spiking coach, the putting coach. Every assistant coach in every position that they have in the sports that their children or their family is involved in, they know. Those are the people that are going to get attacked. Those are the people that are going to get asked a million questions. And as a reporter, the reporters get asked those questions and will be attacked. And why is this happening? Not IHSA. Not at all. It is going to be the people that they see, that they know, that they know their name, that they have contact information for. Even though IHSA contact information is available, they have a website where all that stuff is right there for you. The coaches, the high school administrators, the reporters, the people that they see that have something to do with something or tell you what is going on, those are the people that are going to feel the wrath of this. Just saying that from personal experience. So I hope everything goes as planned. I hope we have four seasons. I kind of like it a little bit because it dilutes how many sports are going on at one time. Now, the spring is going to be jam-packed, loaded with all the sports that we like except basketball. But football, volleyball, so many things going on. Not saying all the other sports are not awesome. But I like that I will be able to concentrate more on the sports in the fall. The cross-countries, the swimmings, golf and tennis, with not paying attention to football or volleyball. So it's kind of okay. Like if this works out, it's not going to be a bad thing. Those sports are going to get love and attention that they probably didn't get before. Especially now because we're just coming off, not even coming off, but we're releasing a little bit. We're going back to school, sort of, kind of. We're having sports, sort of, kind of. Restaurants and bars and places of interest are open back up on a social distance scale. So it's awesome that we have something to bring our attention to. No offense to tennis, golf, swimming, and cross country, but unless you're part of that or your children are an athlete in that sport, those are not the huge sports that people are paying attention to. Those are football, 
basketball, I'll add volleyball, baseball, softball. Those are the huge sports. So without having those there, shows some love to these sports, these athletes that put in just as much work, dedication, practice time to be better at their craft. So I hope that they show out and we have some remarkable seasons. I'm hoping everything goes to plan. I am not trying to be a Debbie Downer saying that this is, could be an issue, but it could. We have to look at these things. What date or time or, hey, this is gonna happen moment during this COVID-19 in the last five months has actually happened. Everything has been pushed with absolutely everything. No timetable has been met. So why in my mind, would I think, okay, the IHSA says this is going to happen this, this is going to happen here, this is going to happen then, and those things are going to happen. I am not discrediting IHSA. I am not discrediting our country, putting all blame on COVID-19 and being this crazy virus that, you know, we can't control, can't contain, and we don't know what to do with, because nobody does. It, again, I said this last episode, if we knew what was going on, this would have been done a long time ago. If we knew how to properly take care of this and get rid of this virus, it would already be gone. We would not be where we are now five months in. Again, not discrediting anybody, but nobody knows the proper, correct answer. And that's okay. It's not okay. I mean, we all want this gone, but we have to understand the answer isn't written in a book or on a table or scratched in on wallpaper somewhere where you just have to look and you know what the answer is. That's not the case here. That is the only reason why I say okay, because we have to understand that. Again, I hope everything goes the way it's planned. I have a really hard time believing it, but I would love to see it. No doubt about that. I did it again, skipped over my name. I said the episode. I said it's the Edge of Your Sea podcast. Said who my guest was. It didn't mention my name. I'm host Brandon Lachance. You're a very excited podcast host. Excited about everything. I love life. I do not really love things that are going on right now. Because again, we got this like virus hanging over our head. It's the big pink, black, white, purple, blue, whatever color elephant that you want to say in the corner of the room. Actually, the entire room. It's not even in the corner right now. It's there. One of these days, I'm going to try to do a show without even saying the word COVID or Corona, or the number 19. Haven't got there yet. I'm going to say every podcast since March has had this word in it, the virus, at least once. It's going to be a mission now to try to do an episode, an Edge of URC podcast show, without mentioning the virus. But I mean, that's our life right now. That's what we're doing. That is what we are going through. Just imagine being in World War II and trying not to talk about the war. A family member, a friend, the wreck that it's causing all across the world. I can't imagine that nobody got through a day without saying World War II, we're talking about it. Same thing with the Great Depression, same thing with 9-11, same thing with COVID-19. Add the protesting and Black Lives Matter movement and what is possibly looking like a civil war, maybe not wars and like guns and mass murders, but some kind of war, whether it's politically or socially, but things are happening. A lot of things are moving, shifting, crazy pieces all at the same time. In all offense to the Black Lives Matter movement, those pieces have been moving and shifting for quite a long time. I listen to a lot of podcasts and everybody's talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, 
It's been going on for a long, 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 long time. It really has. It's sad. I wish it wasn't. I will never agree with racism. I will never look at a black person, a dark brown person, a light brown person, somebody with different skin color than me, which is very white, and look at them any different. I never have. All of my great friends from college are black. Lots of close friends from my high school years, not white. Didn't have a lot of African-American students where I went to high school, but plenty of Hispanic, tons of Hispanic friends. I have friends of all nationalities. They are the same as we are, the same as white people, just like we are the same as African-Americans, the same as Native Americans. We breathe the same, we eat the same, we talk the same, maybe different accents, maybe different languages. Our mouths move the same to say the words that we're trying to say in whatever language it is. We are the same. Our blood is all red. We all drink water. We all have to be in shelter to survive with water and food. It's all the same. We all have our quirks. We all have our differences. That's life. But that has nothing to do with color or nationality. I will always think that way. Hopefully you do too. If you don't, listen to some other podcasts. Joe Budden Podcast has been all about this issue for the last two or three months. Joe Rogan has talked about it. There are other podcasts that have discussed this. Every podcast is discussing this. Listen to them. Check it out. Not trying to change your opinion, but we're in 2020 now. Our society has been integrated for a long time. A very long time, like hundreds of years. Thousands of years. There's no reason to hate on somebody because of their skin or because their nationality is different than yours. That's all I'm saying. Well, before I'm late for work and I get fired and I have no job and I can't support my light bill, electric bill to keep my computer mixer, the new mixer, which I'm loving, and the mic on and everything else, I better get to work. So I'm going to cut this intro right after a word from our sponsor. During the time of quarantine and the COVID-19 experience, we'll call it an experience, that we're going through right now, you probably started to notice a few things with your house that could be updated or renovated. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Milas has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, tightening up my tie a little bit. I did find the shoe. They're both laced, both ready to go. Grab my lunch real quick. Man, I sound like an old man. Or I'm just adulting. 34 years old and adulting. Got to, man. Like I said, I got to keep the studio going. Got to fund this stuff. So I'm going to get out of here. Either lunch break or right after work. Finish editing Mr. Rondé World's great, great conversation with a fantastic football player 
who has got a lot of promise and a very, very bright future ahead of him. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, or Google Music. Social media, feel free to hit up Edge of Your Seat Podcast on the Edge of Your Seat Podcast page or on Twitter at Edge of Your Seat P. You can also shoot us an email, Edge of Your Seat Podcast at gmail.com. Just said Edge of Your Seat Podcast about 15 times in 20 seconds. A little over-exaggeration, but that sounds like a great place to leave the intro. Until next time, peace. In the midst of all the craziness we've been living through, you know, trying to stay alive, trying to have fun, trying to stay, I guess, citizens of America, not like we're locked in quarantines and stuff like that, still trying to make moves. My guest today, Rondé Worlds, is making some big moves. Rondé, what is going on, my friend? What's going on? What's going on? Nothing much. Just ready to... Good talking to you today. And I appreciate you joining us, of course, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, but we got to talk about the big moves first. Okay. Yeah. So you are about to be a senior at Princeton High School. Yep. You committed as a football player to the Air Force. Yep. And then take that back and commit to Northern Illinois University. Yeah. <laughs> so let's break this down. So going into your senior year, what made you talk to the Air Force and then commit originally? I started Air Force, the linebacker coach, Coach Means, called me, and he said, you know, we're really interested in you, but first we want to get to know you as a person and everything like that. So that's how we, I started talking to the Air Force. And then they called me one day. It was like 8.30 at night unexpected out of nowhere and they just the coach said what do you like what do you think about running the ball for the number one run offense in the in the nation and I was like well sounds pretty awesome to me so you know I took my time to think about it and then I got a text from him that said they have one fullback position left and if I were to if another fullback was to commit before me then I'd be out of an offer and at that time, Air Force was my only D1 offer. So, I mean, I've always wanted to go D1, so I couldn't think of passing that up. So I kind of just, I took it kind of fast, faster than I wanted to, but I didn't want to see my only D1 offer go away. That's what happened with the Air Force. Was there anything besides the offer that brought you there? Was it the style of play? I mean, it is a running football team. Was that kind of what made it appealing to you? Yeah, definitely being able to play that fullback position, being a big part of their offense, that definitely was appealing to me. And their academics there are great. Like, you could, you're pretty set after you get there. But I know we just jumped into these big moves talking about football, but just for the people that may not heard of you, and if you're in the Illinois Valley, definitely heard of you. So maybe, you know, people outside of Illinois, how tall are you? How big are you? I'm 6'2", about 220. How much you bench press? I know you've been in the gym, my friend. About 275. 305 is my most, but kind of got down a little bit, lost a little bit of weight, but I'm still up there, 275. Okay, deadlift. Uh, 525. Whew. Okay. I see you. You're in there a lot, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So that size in high school, I've seen you play the last three years you've gotten bigger and bigger and bigger last time I saw you was second round playoff game this past season you guys got to the quarterfinals 
tough yep. loss. I mean, that was a tough loss. That had to be a tough loss. It was very tough, like crazy, crazy game. Was it 6-3? 7-3. 7 Crazy. I haven't talked to you since the Hall game, so we have not talked about this together. So just talk about that game, and I mean, it wasn't like you guys were out of it at any time, obviously, being that right. kind of, uh, score. So what is going through you know, your head, through the huddles, through you know, conversing with your teammates, through those moments you know, at the end of the game? I remember it was the fourth quarter. It was 7-3. On def- I was on defense playing linebacker, and we had... I remember I had one tackle that it was fourth down and they went for it. I tackled them and I was like, it's go time. Like, we got to go. There was like a minute and 30 seconds left, I think. And we're on their 30-yard line. And I was like, we got to go. Like, there's no worrying about where there's only a minute, 30 seconds left. It's, we're not going to make it. I was just like, let's go. Let's go score. And unfortunately, we couldn't, we didn't finish, but... That's just what was going through my head is let's go. Like, let's let's go get this W. Definitely. Did you shed some tears after that game? Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially with, like, I played varsity as a freshman and some of those guys that were sophomores that played when I was a freshman and were seniors this year, they were, like, brothers to me. Like, they guided me my whole way up to my junior year, and they've just always been there for me. So it was really tough to not be able to win another game with those guys and make it to the championship. You bring up a good point. I mean, obviously you're a star football player. I mean, you're getting D1 offers as a junior. You still, I mean, in normal time without a virus over our heads, you got one more year to, you know, maybe get better offers or have other scouts look at you and things things of that nature. How is it right. being that star player as a sophomore, as a junior, you have these guys that are older than you that are showing you the ropes, that are your friends, that you are in the weight room every day, but knowing that you're a better player. Like, how does that work as a dynamic when it comes to being on the football field? Yeah, definitely. So I would say for myself, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't look at my other teammates as, oh, he could go D1. He could go D2. He could go D3. I look at all of us as... We're all one player. I don't care if you're better than him or I'm better than you. It doesn't matter. We come to practice and we all do the same thing. We all put in the same work. We all do the same things in the summer. And that's how I look at everybody on the team. Nobody's better than another person. We're all brothers and we're all here for the same goal and that's to win. So, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, I think some kids might look up to me, but if, like, if they're looking up to me, they're seeing that I'm just a, acting as another player on the team I'm not you know I'm not doing less because I'm better like not doing less things than I should be I'm just doing what I should be and I think that's why I have an impact on some of the other kids too on our team definitely so it's kind of like a brothership doesn't matter how old you are what age you are whatever you're here to play the game and win definitely that's that and that's how we play and that's not coming from only me. That's coming from the person I learned that from the most, and that's Coach Pearson. Man. That's what he preaches, and whatever he preaches, I listen and I put it out there. And that's what we all do. We all are just a family and a bunch of brothers trying to win. So I'm glad you brought up Coach Ryan Pearson. Great guy. He is a friend of the podcast. Been on here before. He'll be on here again. We talk. When he came to the program 
it's not like Princeton was awful. They had just come off at that point, you know, one of the best seasons that they'd had in a long time under coach Jesse Snyder. And then had a couple down years. And then all of a sudden you just see the wheels of Princeton turning again. And then all of a sudden it's a dominant football team once again. So what did Ryan Pearson do or what was his influence to make those gears turn again? Right, right. That's Yeah, he's definitely a great coach. One of my greatest coaches I've ever been around in my life. When he came in, I mean, you come in freshman year. We My freshman year, we go three and six. We had about half the team bought into what he was doing. Half the team didn't buy into what he was doing. The next year, we come back, we make it to the playoffs. We had about 75% of the team bought into what he was doing. 25% of the team didn't. This year... We got 100% of the kids buy into what Coach Pearson preaches. Unfortunately, we make it all the way to the semifinals and come a little short. What Coach Pearson preaches every day is what you need to hear to be a winning team. And when everybody buys into that, we will win games, just like you can see. Like everybody bought in this year, we won games. But unfortunately, we came going one game short. But now we've got time to work on that and make it to the championship this year. Right before we get into talking about your big moves, I've kind of worked this like, you know, the movies right now. If you've watched a lot of movies or TV, you'll start watching it's real time, and then all of a sudden they go back, (laughs) like, you know, three years, four years. So you started with the big moves, go to high school, we'll go back to the big moves in, you know, your college future. But, yeah, you know, you just talked about coming up with this season and, you know, trying to win a championship. There is a big, dark cloud over that. Again, we have referenced COVID-19, coronavirus a few times, and it's a very, very good possibility that there will either be no fall sports or the fall sports are going to get moved to the spring. What are your thoughts on this? And I know you want your senior season. Yeah, I definitely want my senior season, and I don't care if we play in the fall, in the spring, in the summer. I don't care when we play. I just want to play. I mean, that's what I preach. That's what I've been preaching to the guys on the team, too. I mean, as a captain, I just said, we are going to lift like we're going to play tomorrow. We're going to put our heads like we're going to play tomorrow. I don't care if we're playing in the spring. We're going to lift every day until the spring and be ready for the spring because we will be the strongest team in our conference. That's for sure. Like, that's what we preach. That's how we work. We're going to be the strongest team. If we're playing in the spring... We're lifting all the way to the spring. If we're playing in the summer, we're lifting all the way to the summer. If we're playing in the fall, we're lifting until we start in August. Like, we're going to practice and play and lift like we're playing tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm a little upset about what's going on with COVID, and I'm not sure what's going to happen, but whatever does happen, I do know that Princeton will be ready. So what I just took from that, is if they don't play to the spring, I would be scared to be a member of any other team that's going to play Princeton because coming into the season, you guys are already looking as one of the best teams in the state at the, we'll say, 3A, 4A level. You get a whole, we'll say from July to, you know, we'll go February of lifting, and you guys are going to be mammoths. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like we're, we're not we're not gonna stop. We're gonna keep lifting. And we're, like I told my teammates that I said I don't I don't care what happens. We are gonna lift and we're gonna practice until we are 
the biggest team. And that's how it's just going to be. So you guys are going to look like a bunch of Arnold Schwarzeneggers out there in 1995. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we'll even go, you know, early early Arnold Schwarzenegger, bunch of big dudes. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool, man. Sticking with Princeton, one more question. Jesse Snyder, who I just mentioned before, is coming back to Princeton as an assistant coach. Have you got to work with him or talk to him or, you know, got to feel him out as a coach? Yeah, definitely. So... He rewinds a little bit. I remember I was just a little eighth grader. I'm not near as big as I am now, but he did lifting for the eighth graders to come in, so I was in there every day. I've had a little taste there before, and I've always thought he was a great coach. And then he came back, and he was actually one of the leaders in my the lifting groups. We had about 10 different lifting groups, and he was in one of mine, so he's always pumped up, and he's a great coach. And then the few little practices we had, he would work with some of the linebackers, and he's always fired up, and he's a great coach, and I love him. I think he's a great asset, too. I mean, our team, we've got a lot of great coaches, and he fits right in with that. Not a lot of teams have two head coaches on the staff to get those tips from, that advice from, from two guys that have been around football their entire lives. Right, yeah, definitely. Have you guys gotten practices in? I know some teams are trying to get some workouts in, even though you got a social distance, even on the practice field. Have you been able to get any things in? Yeah, we were able to get about three. We got three, we just call them mini camps. We got three of those in. We just did, you know, offense one day, defense one day, and then we split offense and defense the two other the last day. And then, unfortunately, we were supposed to have our camp last week, but that got canceled. So, but yeah, we got a few practices in, and we look good. I mean, we we were out there. Everybody was hustling, and everybody was, you know, just like I said, practicing like we're gonna play tomorrow. So, yeah, we look good. Perfect, perfect. All right, now we'll get back to the moves, the college moves here. Yeah. So, get offered from Air Force. Didn't have any other D1 offers on the table. They wanted you to run the ball. Talk about that transition of Northern Illinois coming in, giving you an offer, and then you say to Air Force, hey, I, I got a different offer. Well, how, did, yeah. how, did, how did that work out? So... I always, I mean, I remember the first time I stepped on NIU and went to a game, I knew, like, this place is home. Like, I like I love this place. Like, I want to be here. And that was just a game day visit. I just watched the game, and I loved it. And then they invited me to a junior day, and when I came, I was like, I mean, these guys treat me like family. Like, they want me here. They want to be in a relationship with me, and they treat every single person on the team like the same they don't care if you're five star four star three star and i'm like well that sounds like a program that i'm a part of right now with coach Pearson, and i love it so i love coach hammock the head coach i love coach sorrentino the coach that's been recruiting me i love coach wimbo the linebacker coach is a great guy and when i get to northern illinois i'll actually be playing linebacker and i'm a fan of that because although i don't know if i'm going to go to the nfl or not academics is very important to me but if I play linebacker, I would have a greater chance of getting to the NFL because obviously there's more linebackers on the field than opposed to only being one running back on the field. And in 2020, the running back position is kind of not as important in NFL or even college ball as it once was. Exactly, yeah, definitely. At Princeton and moving forward, 
I know you just, you know, you're talking about the future, NFL, you know, things like that, being a linebacker, better chances. But in your mind, do you like playing defense more than offense, or would you rather be a running back than a linebacker? Honestly, a lot of people ask me running back and linebacker. I, sometimes I just don't know what to say. I mean, I, I love playing both. I mean, linebacker, you just get to be mean, but running back, I mean, I like to play running back mean, too, so I, I don't know how to split them up. I just love playing football. But, yeah, I love linebacker a lot. I love playing linebacker. That's the best answer, though. You're just like, I just love playing football. That's all I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And what's weird is, like you just said, being a linebacker, you can be mean and nasty and physical and, you know, hit people all day. That's what you're doing. But outside of football, like, I know you as a great kid. Like, I see you. You say hello. You've always been respectful. I've never seen you disrespectful to anybody, whether it's an adult or, you know, uh, somebody younger than you, older than you, little kids, whatever. You've always been respectable, a good kid. But then you get on that field and it's a whole other ball game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember even when I was in, like, eighth grade, we had PYFL. We had, like, we got awards out, and I got the Bad Intentions Award because, like, all the moms were like, oh, my God, Rondé's so nice. And then he gets on the field, and he's just a whole other person. Like, they don't understand it. So it's kind of funny. In your head or, like, in your body, what happens to make that happen? Like, what makes you want to be a linebacker and hit that hard and be aggressive when your demeanor really doesn't say that? I just play with a chip on my shoulder. I don't play football for, like, no reason. I play for, I'm not going to say that my family is, my dad's side of family is great. I mean, my grandpa, William R. Worlds, which my name is William Rondé Worlds. He was, he went to prison. My father, William Robbie Worlds, he went to prison. And I'm William Rondé Worlds, and I want to be the first WRW to make the world's last name great. Like, that's what I play for. I play with that chip on my shoulder that I'm going to be the best worlds. Like, my kids will be worlds under me that'll be great, and we're going to start a new generation of great worlds. So that's kind of the chip that I play with on my shoulders. But outside of that, I have to be a great person in the real life also. So, yeah. I've already had respect for you, but you just saying that and things that you've been through with your family and, you know, just the the drive, the motivation that you have from that, big props to you. I mean, it takes a strong person to want to change their life and not live the same kind of life. So big props, man. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm glad you're going to Northern. First of all, you're not too far. I live in Mendota, so I'm about an hour away. I could come to games all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Everybody, everybody. I'm, that's, and that's one of the biggest decisions, too. That's one of the things I was, I mean, I got family in Clinton, Iowa, that it would have been really hard for them to make it to the Air Force to watch me play. But now I have all kinds of family that can come up to Northern Illinois and watch me play. So that was also a very big factor in my decision. Definitely. And I didn't mean to jump over the, you know, your father and grandfather going to prison. And then, you know, you changing your life and wanting to do different things what were some things that like made you think that way like hey i don't want to go to prison i don't want to be a bad kid i want to be positive a role model and be a a pro athlete if you get that chance yeah definitely i mean i just remember always as a kid like i would wonder like you know when's dad coming home like when's dad and i finally realized like you know he's not coming home like i'm not gonna see him so i was like 
I remember I was just like, I'm gonna, I remember playing sports for the first time. I played soccer and I absolutely hated it. Like, I couldn't play. I was like, I, I quit. I'm done. My mom was so mad at me. And then first time I started playing football, my mom threw a football at me, threw at me, hit me in the face. Couldn't catch it. I was so mad at her. But then I finally realized, like, after that, like, I was like, I want to play football again. Like, I was not a kid that was going to give up. So I was like, I realized that when I was young and I just realized I'm not going to give up like my dad did and my grandpa did. Like, I need to keep going. Like, I've been, and ever since a young, I'm like, I'm talking like third, fourth grade. Like, I just, this is just kind of how I've been. And so I'm going to keep being until I can't stop. Nice. When your mom hit you in the face with a football, did you actually realize that you're not made to be a wide receiver as well? Yeah. No, I actually think that's when I realized, like, I either need to just be handed the ball or be on the other side because I can't catch. (laughs) (laughs) And it made you mad, so you're like, man, I kind of want to tackle her. So maybe that's why you're a linebacker. Right, right. I just, oh, man, that's funny. I'm hoping you didn't tackle your mother, though. (laughs) No, I did. I'm too nice to my mom for that. (laughs) Can't be tackling the moms, man. You can't do that. No, definitely not. I mean, you said that Northern, you know, feels at home. You know, you're excited about being in the program. You listed off the coaches that you're playing for, and it's close to home. You know, more people can come and watch you that have been watching you for years now. Is there anything about their style or maybe the conference being in the MAC or, you know, anything football-wise that brought you there as well? Yeah, I love the way their their linebackers play. Like their linebackers are very dynamic. They can have a linebacker come from safety and come up and play linebacker. They like to blitz their guys a lot. I like that. They like to send their linebackers on stunts and stuff like that. And I I love the game the way they play. And I also love the competition in the MAC. There's a lot, and they make it to the bowl a few bowl games every year. So that would be that'd be awesome too. So yeah. Again, I'm excited to see you as a Husky. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Still can't overlook, hopefully, a last season with the Tigers and Princeton either, though. Yeah, no, definitely not. Sounds like you realize that, and, and you're only worried about Princeton right now, and you kind of put Northern like, hey, I got that out of the way, I'm going to go there, but right now, it's all about Princeton. That's kind of how it's always been, like, my freshman, sophomore, junior, like, all my years, I've kind of just always been like, I mean, yeah, obviously I want to go and play college football, but the first thing that's going to come is my team right now. Like, I don't care if I don't get a D1 offer ever, my first team, that's gonna, my team that's going to come first is going to be Princeton. And that's what Coach Pearson's taught me. He said, play football and let everything else play out. And that's how I've done it, and that's worked great. Definitely. If you do get a senior season, and I'm praying that you do if other scouts, maybe a bigger school, U of I, or, you know, another one gives you some looks and maybe sends out an offer, do you back away from Northern and look at that, or would it have to be a perfect situation? It, it would have to be a pretty a pretty perfect school. It would have to uh, offer me, because I'm, I'm pretty set on Northern Illinois. I know I even said on my Twitter that my recruitment is closed, so it's going to have to be a pretty big school to get me out of Northern. But I, I'm set on Northern. I love it there. So if another school came in, they would have to pay for all your schooling, buy you a house, a car, 
and you'd be set for life pretty much that would that's what would have to happen yep pretty much which is illegal so you're going to go to <laughs> <laughs> Since all that's illegal, besides paying for your schooling, you're going to Northern. Right. Perfect. That's awesome, man. Good stuff. All right, let's step away from football. Even though this is mostly a sports podcast, we like to, you know, find out some other stuff, too. Yeah. So you were saying that, you know, education, academics is very important. What are you going to go to school for when you get to college? Yeah, I'm going to go for business. I don't know what side of business I'm going to be in yet. Hopefully somewhere in, like, economics and stuff like that. Because, like, I remember one of my big choices for college was to go to this um, school in New York because their business program was great, and they sent some of their kids to go to um, work on Wall Street. And, like, working on Wall Street is a dream to me. Like, I'd love to work on Wall Street. So as soon as you said you'd love to work on Wall Street, I am picturing you in your football uniform on Wall Street, tackling people, <laughs> trying to get the best rates and numbers and... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's like ripping the phone off the line because I'm so mad that I can't get the right offer. <laughs> yeah. I can picture all of that right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are some good goals, man. That's awesome. Northern has a pretty good business program. Yeah, they're ranked pretty high. That that's that was a big. I knew that they had a good business program too. So I was like, well, sweet, like that's awesome. That's just another asset that's great to go in there. Definitely. I actually rewind to 2004 when I graduated high school. I actually applied to Northern. I got accepted, but I also got accepted to Southern Illinois. And I was I'm a writer. You know, I went to school for journalism, and. Northern was more a business school. Southern had, I think, a top five journalism program in the country at that time. So, obviously, my choice was made. Right, yeah, yeah. But if you're going to business, Northern is a great pick. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, we have said COVID a couple times. What have you been doing during this time? Obviously, you've been in the weight room. Have you watched any... Cool TV shows, played video games, watched any movies. What have you been doing to, when you're not in the weight room? Yeah, when I'm not in the weight room, I'm usually just chilling out in my room. I love, I like to watch Netflix. I watched All American, The Ozarks. I love The Ozarks. That's one of my favorite shows. Outer Banks, Outer Banks. So like, I can't wait for season two to come out. I'm a big movie, big movie and show guy actually more than. I know I'm in the weight room a lot, but I love watching movies and shows. And I actually just picked up a new hobby. Me and my friends, we like to actually, we have like a little studio in my room and we like to make like beats for music sometimes. So something just to do outside of football, I'm listening. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So you can pretty much do anything you want to, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I kind of just uh, try to do new things sometimes and figure out, you know, you got to do something besides football and lifting sometimes to figure yourself out. So, yeah, I just try some new things. So you're going to be at a DJ booth on Wall Street spinning the ones and twos with a football. Yep, that's, that, that would be perfect. Like, I could actually do that. Amazing. Your life would be set. Your life would be set. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Rondé, 
again, big props for everything that you've been able to do so far. Only you can't call you junior, can't call you senior yet. You're in that little limbo before your senior year, senior season. But, you know, your drive, motivation with your, you know, your family, your father and grandfather being in prison and you're like hey I'm not going to be like that I'm going to do bigger things in life and being able to take the steps work out in the gym and keep pushing yourself to to do things that you want to do big props to all that committed to northern Illinois edge of your seat podcast wish you the best hopefully we can have you on if we have a season have you on again but just want to get this out now because this is what our conversation's been about so big props man and thank you for joining us yeah definitely thank you